0: And in the main event, brace yourselves for a six-man war when the ex-convict Nails, Razor Ramon, and Kamala face the big boss man, the Undertaker, and the Warrior. Right now, one half of this incredible battle is standing by with more.
1: Boss man, I'm glad you're coming back. I'm glad you're coming
0: back for another beating. This time, I'm gonna finish you off, boss man and nobody's going to help you. Undertaker, you better get ready, because I've instructed Tim C. to make sure that Kamala singles you out in this match, and you're in real trouble. Hey, Ultimate Warrior,
1: I guess that leaves you and me, man. So paint it up real pretty, because when you're <coughs> meet Ramon, A mezzanine sleepover and <laughs> name, name me a more iconic trio.
0: Hey, it's Nails and Razor teaming up with Chewbacca, apparently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All like moaning over his promo. Terrible. Ah, Terrible. So good. Uh, I am uh, your pal. My name is Slip with Five Eyes or Slip.
0: I'm uh, at, at megamix.com on the old Twitter. And uh, we're your hosts here on episode... What episode is this?
1: 152. 152. 152. Can you believe it? I I cannot. (laughs) Amazing. Uh,
0: Uh, You know what? I would think that you... When you told me that, if you told me 152 episodes, I'd call you a liar, but we don't lie on the show.
1: No, we don't. Go find the t-shirt at mezzaninesleepover.com. Yes. All our t-shirts for sale. So, shockingly enough, today we're going to talk about pro wrestling. It's starting to become a bit of a pattern. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, like, let's be honest with our listeners. We're uh, we're pretty invested in uh, our other podcast, Albums Are Dead. Go check it out, albumsaredead.com. Yes. And uh, I just find that uh, it makes it easier to prep for this show when you just have to kind of watch a wrestling show and take some notes.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to sprinkle in some stuff here and there. But, uh, you know, maybe some movies uh, or whatnot. But, I mean, really, the wrestling, we can watch it. Take some notes, and uh, and get and get a show out of it. So I think it, it was a good a good decision to uh, to cover lots of wrestling.
1: So on this week's show, well, before we get into, we're going to talk about some superstars tapings in a second. Before we do that, yes. do you want to? It is the uh, the fourth of February, we're the day after Super Bowl fifty something. I don't know the night the two thousand nineteen edition. L whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any thoughts? You didn't watch, right? No, I didn't watch.
0: Uh, so I don't really...
1: I, I mean, I looked at the
0: stats and went, what a beating. And God of the Rams, terrible. So that's about all I took from it. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, Eagles got the win last year. Really doesn't matter anymore. <laughs>
1: <You> <laughs> hey, well,
0: no, and every time the Patriots win, it's like, you know, the the, the Eagles and the, and the Giants got to feel pretty good about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we, we beat them, you know? So... You know, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine at work who likes the Patriots because, of course, he does. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I was essentially just saying, I'm like, man, that the AFC just can't get it together. Like, like the first, it starts with that division where they all just can't. It's all been like two decades where it's all those teams are so bad. And then, uh, and then, and then, you know, the AFC just can't, can't beat these guys and, and good for them. I mean, you can, but cert- the Eagles beat them, Eagles took it to them and you know what? They beat them uh, at their best clearly because, uh, uh, you know, that was, that was quite the game last year.
1: I mean, you can certainly, I mean, you have to, you have to admit obviously that the Patriots are, you know, I mean, they're the, they're the, what, the greatest stretch of championships and success in NFL history, right? It's been like fifteen years, but you are you do make a good point, which is that those other teams in that division are just like constantly shit.
0: Yeah. No, like, and like, listen, I'm not I I won't argue with, with what you're saying. But 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 I mean who who would argue with what you're saying? But like there it's not I even mean, like nine Super Bowl appearances, six wins. I mean I mean come on, how how do you argue that? I'm not gonna argue that. In, that would
1: be stupid. But in fifteen years, like none of these other teams can, no. can string together like even like what two seasons in a row where they're good? And who's like kicked them t- kicked him in the teeth in the AFC? Like the Colts once?
0: And the and the fucking uh, and the fucking uh, uh, who the fuck else the Ra- was it? it? Was it the, the Ra- Broncos maybe? once? The Broncos? the Broncos did it, yeah. I mean I'm talking about championship games, right? And then and then the NFC, just as bad. But you know, outside of the Giants and the Eagles Giants and the Eagles, no one else can get it done. So, you know, again, you know, you got to, you got to, I mean, how, I guess for me, the worst part is, is that how the narrative ever becomes that they're underdogs. I mean, I was talking to my friend at work. I was like, you guys have to win. Like you're not the underdogs. He's all, they're not a good team. I'm all, come on. Are you serious? You know, it's all three Super Bowl appearances in a row. They're, they're not the favorite. Come on they weren't that's the- probably the worst part the most vexing part of it all
1: i mean and i actually i think officially they were the favorite like
0: <laughs> well no they were and they were the favorite last year and they were the favorite the year before even though the you know the the the, the, the falcons coughed it up yeah they were still the favorite going in they were the favorite going in against the eagles they were favorite going in this year but it's all we all allow people to have this narrative where they're the underdog they're not
1: no and they shouldn't I mean, this be. is the
0: biggest e- this is the biggest evil empire of all time it is. They should, they're never the underdogs. It's all, the underdogs are every other team.
1: It's, I mean, it's amazing. Like, I, I don't care. It, it, like, you've won six championships and you've gone to uh, nine. Nine, nine final yeah. or nine Super Bowls. Yes. And you go to the final, the conference final every year, like every single year you're there. And in, in the NFL, which is set up more than any other sport to have parity, yeah, exactly. And like, it, this doesn't happen in any, in any other league. Like, there are some teams that Ooh. have had runs of success, but um, you know, you know what? Though, ultimately, I have to say, it's nice to see the city of Boston finally win one. Oh yeah, of course. Because uh, it's just, <laughs> I just those people like they need it. <laughs> they absolutely need it. Well, they haven't they they haven't won a championship since October. Like that's a long Not time.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: a long time. I'm just saying. You know what
0: though? I got to say when it happened, I was just like, fuck. You know what? It, you know what? It, it made it made last year's victory for Philadelphia seem just a little bit more legit, honestly. It was like, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we fucking beat these guys. We fucking, you know, not we. They, you know, game planned the you. shit out of that one and went toe to toe with the Masters and beat them. So, you know, uh, you know, made it a little uh Made a little bit of these teams though the, the NFL these other NFL teams gotta gotta figure it out though, right? I mean, at what point do you just start being like, "Get your shit together
1: I, I just these teams you know what even even more amazing is the teams that are just constantly bad like you're supposed to, like you're hiring professionals in yeah. the top t- in the top tier league in the world, so supposedly mm-hmm. it's the best of the best, and yet yeah. there are these teams there's what like seven or eight teams that are just constant shit. And I think yep. that that's even more incredible.
0: Pretty much. Yeah, I, I would say so.
1: Like, But, uh, you know, when you have
0: constant shit at the bottom, there's constant uh, uh, goodness at the top, I guess.
1: I guess so. Um,
0: my, I guess for me, the final, my, I, one of my final takeaways is about the Saints and the Saints fans. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, I mean, y- you kind of feel bad. For the Saints, but you kinda don't because you watch that Rams, you mean, like you couldn't beat them like outright?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like you couldn't beat them outright, like just step on their throat when you were up ten and just beat them or thirteen or whatever they were up. Like that's like you know what? You didn't deserve to be there either.
1: You know what? I'm so fucking sick and tired of people harping on referees in any sport. Yep. Like, who doesn't make mistakes in their job?
0: Oh, everybody does.
1: You know, it's not like that. Listen, that was egregious. It was terrible,
0: but you know what? It happens.
1: Yeah, but it happens. You should have won it. Like you it's not like it. it's not like for example, like okay, so let's let's say that that's the worst mistake that a referee can make in their job, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. No one died. Nope. You know, like in other jobs, when you make the worst mistake possible and someone fucking croaks, like <laughs> yep. You know, a team lost a sports game. Like that's that's yep. the consequence, and and yep. even even that. Like, yeah, you can look at that one moment and be like, that was the one that did it. But yep. there, there are probably 25 to 30 other pivotal moments within the, the scope of the game that could have changed yep. the course of that game. So stop it. Like, stop yep. pointing at the refs. They're going to, you yep. know, you should, you should go in. Like, if I'm coaching a team, I'd be like, look, guys, like, maybe the ref's going to fuck up. So when he doesn't, then yep. you need to, you need to pull it together. And you need to assume... That there's going to be a couple of calls that aren't going to go in your favor. Yep, and that's and that's it. Then you move on, and yep. f- and fucking the teams did, like they bitched a little, but the teams essentially moved on, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna look at these rules in a few months, and they're gonna they're gonna be like, ah, eh, whatever.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> it what? should have been called. I don't know what you change a rule. Yeah, it was a missed call. It happens. Move on. Um, but you know, I, I mean, we, I saw this it, like two weeks ago. It was like. It was like, okay, the Patriots up against Andy Reid. It's like, yeah, they're going to win. And then this week it was like who 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 didn't see Jared Goff only passing for 58 yards through fucking 3 quarters. Like in a Super Bowl. Like it was it was so easy to see exactly how this was going to play out and people acted shocked and it was like, come on.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, the I mean Rams- if they
0: had been New Orleans in, the, in that game, I think it would be a completely different game, but they weren't, so it's the way it is.
1: Uh, the Rams are a much better team than what came out. Goff's a much better quarterback than that, too, but I, I, I honestly think like the girly thing hurt. Like, Where they're like, oh, he's not hurt. We're just changing our game plan. What? <laughs> just admit he's hurt. Well, if that's the case, then, then what's the point? Yeah, just admit he's hurt, because otherwise... He's not showing up but, but then it's just like, so it's bad coaching. Like, that's what you're saying. Is that yeah. is that the coaching is really bad because the best thing that your team has over the course of uh, the season you're not using it? No, the guy's hurt, and I know you're supposed <laughs> to hide it in football, but it's like, yeah, you hit it really well. It's like, oh, we're gonna have him run the ball four times in the game, but he's not hurt. It's like, wow, what what trickery? You know what though, what trickery?
0: Decisions have been like that have been made for many years. I mean, it's not mm. it's not
1: unheard of. Yeah. These, anyway, this, these football coaches that outsmart themselves. I mean, it's like the whole what's his name, fucking, uh, uh, with the Seahawks there, right? <laughs> Lynch, Pete Carroll. Oh yeah. <laughs> or it's like let's oh, not no, throw it. You know, it's our this is our money got, like, play. The biggest
0: fucking monster running back of all time. Yeah, let's just throw it from the one.
1: <sighs> what
0: an asshole! You see, like again though, outfoxed. All the time.
1: It's true. It's tr- <laughs> It's damn true. <laughs> uh, so, uh,
0: no more football. Let's talk wrestling.
1: All right. So you this watched mean,
0: halftime heat. I, you, you were
1: saying. Oh, I did watch. That was the best part about the whole damn thing. Uh, well, yeah, they, they had didn't have
0: they didn't have a whole lot to out outshine.
1: No, they did this. Uh, they did the WWE Network did this main event. They did it in the Performance Center. So apparently, what happened was, you know, they they brought in they set up like bleachers and they brought in like friends and family. Yeah, and they watched the Super Bowl and then at halftime, like dude just had a match. And I thought that's kind of cool cuz we would totally do that in our backyard wrestling. Oh yeah. We'd all just have people have match over match and then at halftime we're like, "Ah, oh, this is boring. Let's just wrestle for everyone." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Classic.
1: Uh, so they had this match and the match was fucking great. It was it was just it was I don't know if you watched it. Not um, yet. No,
0: I've been concentrating on these these uh, for this show and our next show.
1: Yeah, it was just it was just a lot of fun. It was a six man tag with some NXT dudes, and it was super fun. And, and all I could think of was, well, all these guys are going to be ruined when they go to the main roster, and hopefully, some of them will uh, head off to AEW or somewhere else.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. You know. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to give it a watch. Uh, I'll probably do that a little later tonight.
1: Oh please do! But in the meantime. Uh, Let's talk about what we were watching Yes Because we've been busy So uh, of all my bitching of the WWE uh, They do wonderful Mm -hmm. things with the network Yes And uh, recently uh, They started dumping old episodes Of WWF superstars It's so good So they've done one year right Yeah Yeah.
0: That's it 1992 But man what a year to dump So So
1: good, WWF superstars uh, the edition that we're talking about because they have another edition that they do now. But back in the yeah. late 80s and early 90s, this was essentially their flagship show Saturday morning, so it's as cartoony as you can make it because the idea yes, is... Indeed. I mean, yes. let's be honest. These shows are basically one-hour advertisements for house shows. Yep, exactly. You know, you watch you watch the superstars come out. They're on screen for four minutes. They beat up a, some asshole... Uh, look really good in the process. And then you talk about their feuds and house shows and they cut promos and that's it. That's, that's the show over yeah. and over and over again.
0: And every once in a while they sprinkle in a marquee matchup. Yep. Which was always exciting. Uh, we don't get one, uh, in these three, in this, in this three, uh, episode block.
1: No, we don't. So we just too two, bad. Yeah, so we got 92 they posted from the end of WrestleMania 8 all the way through to the end of 92 and yes. I'm going to assume that in pretty quick order they're going to be throwing up more episodes going hopefully going backwards in time.
0: Yeah, that would be good. Uh 93, 94. So eh. well, there are some 95s I'd like to see.
1: There oh yes, but 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 you know you go you go back in time and you're going to get Jesse, you're going to get more Macho Man.
0: Yep. <laughs> And they still have primetime wrestlings they have to do, too, post-1989, oh. which, will be, which will be great as well. I'm hoping. I would love to see them dump a bunch of action zones so we can see Shawn Michaels versus Gary Sabah.
1: Oh, Shawn to. Michaels and his hat. <laughs> when that happens, we will talk about it, for sure. Yes. Uh, the yeah. three episodes that we decided to watch, were um, they, weren't, they were taped before, but they were released on October 10th. October 17th, and October 24th, 1992. Would you like to tell the listeners why we chose these three episodes specifically? We chose
0: these episodes specifically um, because they, um, like you said, they aired uh, in October 1992 in succession, three weeks in October. Uh, They were taped, all of them, Uh, all the matches, sorry, all the matches contained uh, in these three uh, uh, shows were taped uh, on September 21st. 1992 at the Winnipeg Arena here in Winnipeg. And uh, the Cajun Man and I were in attendance at this TV taping. So this was my first ever show that I ever saw live of wrestling. I And uh, it was a fucking slog. Uh, but we did see them tape all these matches for superstars. Um, most of the uh, in-ring uh, um, or, you know, um, almost everything is from Winnipeg, though there is... I believe uh, later on a, a promo that is was not taped in Winnipeg, but we'll get to that. But uh, an in arena tape uh, uh, promo was not Winnipeg, but uh, it's almost all Winnipeg. You can tell by the terrible yellow, yes, uh, all over the place. What a what a what a dump of an arena. Uh, we were, um, if I remember correctly, um, we were definitely opposite the hard cameras, uh, and we were in the 200s. So you will not see. Myself and the Cajun man.
1: That's unfortunate. unfortunate. Not even, not even when they did close-ups of little kids looking scared with nails out there. No, no, they. Did not I just wanted to see of- a little, a little like mulleted, uh, brace-faced Megamix.com <laughs> looking so concerned.
0: Well, he, he did not have a mullet, I will assure you. But I had terrible hair, <laughs> um, and yeah, we uh, we were there. So I I was excited when these were. Uploaded because I had seen them on like daily motion, but it's not the same this is This is the high quality stuff
1: so and, uh, it was good, so we watched the three episodes. we're going to go through all three of them collectively, about two and a half hours, but obviously, like <laughs> not as many details about the matches that we have to go into because as you said, um, no marquee matches uh, to speak of um, yeah, p- pretty much exclusively a jobber matches, which of course again is when you have one superstar come out. And basically beat on the most uncharismatic of opponents and unskilled yeah,
0: semi local enhancement talent. Like
1: if you're led to believe again that wrestling is real, yeah. <laughs> like why would you set up these matches? <laughs> it would be like it would be like if you're like, ah, oh, we're gonna have the uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, yeah. play the Saint Paul Saints yes. in 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 a, in a match. <laughs> You yes. know, to, to, so that you could, like, show off the skills of the Jets. Exactly. It's just so, it, unco- like, such uncompetitive matches. Yeah. If, if, it was UFC, if it was a UFC kind of thing, like real fighting, yeah. they would get banned because one guy would legitimately be in risk of getting killed. That's how unskilled yeah, exactly.
0: they are. These guys are tiny. They're skinny. They have little to no skill, or they don't get to show their skill. And, yeah, they get beat on mercilessly. Very rarely do they get any offense in. Uh, it, is a, it is jobber matches supreme all over this. Um, uh, during this taping, this taping was a marathon. Uh, not only did they tape matches for three episodes of Superstars, they also taped uh, multiple matches for primetime wrestling, as well as uh, special matches just for, the, just for the crowd, dark matches. Uh, and I'll, I'll go through just, um, I won't go through all the matches, but some matches that we did see that uh, weren't uh, taped for uh, posterity or, uh, or anything, we had uh, Big Boss Man defeated Nails by disqualification. Um, Razor Ramon beat Randy Savage by countout. And the Ultimate Warrior beat, uh, th- that at the time, WWF World Champion Ric Flair by disqualification.
1: Ooh.
0: So, th- 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 three big name matches. Uh, each one ended uh, in a, either a DQ or a countout. <laughs> and then there was other matches sprinkled throughout, but it was so boring for the most part.
1: <laughs> uh, should we go through the episodes one by one? Oh, absolutely. All right. Uh, we both have notes. so Yes. Uh, we start off, WWF Superstars, October 10th, 1992, on yep. a lot of episodes, uh, including like later episodes coming from Saskatoon and earlier ones coming from Hamilton, they yes. go out of the way to name where they're coming from. In all yep. three of these episodes, no mention whatsoever of Winnipeg.
0: No, they do not. Um, you would you would have to know that it's it's. Well, though, we'll get to it later on. There's there's some clues. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Just as an aside, quickly, um, again, not mentioned on the broadcast, but uh, the attendance, the solid six thousand on that evening, according to the history of WWE. Uh, and you know, we were talking off air before we started recording. I was looking through the kind of the years around this time. Winnipeg, a lot of strong houses for WWF at the time. Uh, in 1993, they came in June. Uh, the day I... Um, I, can't remember, I can't remember the exact date because I'd have to go pull up the page in their long pages, these history of WWE results pages, because there's just so many shows. But again, like a 68... Uh, 6,800... Uh, 6, uh, uh,
1: 68,000 people.
0: 6,800 6, people... For just a house show Oh. where in other cities you know 1200 1, uh, there there was you know I, I looked at one in 96 did you did we did you um it was it us that went to the one that was during the X in 96 yes the, the 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 day before SummerSlam yeah. I mean that uh, king of the Ring? yes yeah that was like five thousand people now that was a free show yeah that was free but again, but again you know people went and watched yeah uh, wouldn't they not 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 uh not you know, fair, kind of a bit of a hotbed for wrestling uh, throughout the uh, throughout the uh, '80s and, and, and early '90s. I must say, looking at the, at the at the, uh, at the attendance, so uh, so good for Winnipeg. But anyway, yeah, you wouldn't know this is Winnipeg unless you knew it was Winnipeg. They did not mention it.
1: Uh, so we actually. Oh, start- can I can yeah. I
0: just interject quickly? For those who don't know, I mean, uh, the WWF would come and they they wouldn't you know, have a live show every Saturday morning. They would they would pre-tape in blocks, at this point in blocks of three weeks at a time. So they would record three shows in one day and then they would uh, record all their um, interviews and uh, like, like backstage interviews and video packages and insert them in. Uh, but the matches that they're showing are all taped on the same day, even though they're airing on three different weeks.
1: And so they pretend, and you'll see as we go through these shows, um, yes important pieces of history take place uh th- and again this show was taped in september but over the course of october something very important happens and so they have yes. to weave in the story through the final produced product that they put on television
0: yes indeed now also the announcers are not in and that's Vince McMahon, and mr perfect we're not in the building uh <laughs> they would record that all afterwards making it look like they were in the building um, also, uh, just as a side note, the next day they would go to Brandon at the Keystone center, put, and apparently they packed 6,000 people in there. That's dubious. Uh huh. And,
1: uh, I don't even think there's 6,000 seats.
0: Time wrestling matches and wrestling challenge.
1: Well, they did have a raw there once, right? So
0: that's, that's true. that the site of the battle Royal to see who would be the new intercontinental champion.
1: Uh, so anyway. So we start the, we start off the show uh right away in, in the event center. Yes. Uh this would be me Gene Okerlund, R.I.P. in peace. Uh yes. he is in basically like the production truck, right? He's got all the monitors yeah. and uh behind okay. him. And he makes the announcement that at the Survivor Series, uh the upcoming pay per view, which is still in a November. month and a half away. Yeah, it's
0: crazy. Uh
1: he announces that the main event is going to be Razor Ramon and Ric Flair taking on the Ultimate Maniacs, which would be the Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage.
0: Yeah, they called the biggest Survivor Series uh, match of all time. And, you know, up to that point, I'd say, yeah, they're probably right. That, uh, was, that was an exciting matchup.
1: And uh, at this point in time, as a, like when they did this taping, yes. uh, the uh, champion at the time is Ric Flair.
0: Yes, he's the WWF World Champion in Winnipeg on September twenty first, nineteen
1: ninety two. Uh, we cut,
0: and he's and he's the champion at the time of the airing of this of this uh, episode.
1: Uh, we we then go to the arena and we get yeah. uh, Razor Ramon cutting a promo on the screen. So we don't we're not at Titantron yet, but we do. We're, we're, have... we're
0: like in the uh, like nine little screens all put together
1: to make one big screen. Yeah. Uh, So he comes on and cuts a promo and then his music starts and he comes out to the ring.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I I like the look of that too with the camera, the kind of the crane camera. Yep. uh, Focused just, and not focused on it. It's not like you see Razor filling your screen. You all see him and you see the crowd watching him on the screen. It was pretty cool. Uh, Razor comes out to face a jobber from Red Deer
1: named Steve May. (laughs) Uh, May looks horrible. He has no tan, terrible (laughs) hair, And awful yep. tights. He is perfect for the role. Like, again, if, to be a really good jobber, you have to be as uncharismatic as humanly possible. Yep. Uh, this is, again, just a showcase of Ramon's moves. So there's chops, fallaway slam, abdominal stretch, choke slam, suplex off the top rope, and a razor's edge for the pin. <laughs> yeah, pretty pedestrian. Nice, nice and simple. Uh, right after the match is done, we, as you mentioned, have Vince McMahon and Mr. Perfect uh, on camera doing commentary. They're sitting at a table, and there is a green screen of the audience uh, in Winnipeg behind them. Yeah, yeah. So they're gre- they, they're sitting
0: in front of a green screen, and then they key out the green, and it looks makes it look like they're there. I I noted it. It's a really good green screen job. I gotta say, uh, if you go back and watch uh, other. Um, Wwf events, even from around this time, well, maybe a, a few years earlier, where they would do a green screen and they'd have the wrestler in front of his his logo. Um, you could often see, especially in the in the in the area of their hair, you would you would see the color of the green screen. Not here. I thought it was really really well done. They they looked like they were in the arena. It was really well lit, and looked like they were kind of sitting up on a riser, looking down upon the ring.
1: Uh, so uh, match number two. Oh, my God. Were you excited to see Max Moon?
0: Um, you know what? Um, I probably had no idea who he was at that point. Uh, this would be the first time that uh, Max Moon would wrestle as Max Moon. Uh, previously, uh, he had been using the name The Comet Kid. And uh, <laughs> for a while, been portrayed by uh, by Conan. Uh, but now, is being portrayed by Paul Diamond. I like how F- Howard Finkel uh, calls him Maximilian Moon, uh-huh. which is great. <laughs>
1: Apparently that's his name, but Max Moon is for short. Yes, so, Maximilian Moon. So Max Moon wears this full body suit that yep. I guess is supposed to make him look from the future. He's from space. Uh, he's got like little bits of pyro that shoot out of it. Like hes It's almost like he kind of yeah. rocketed down from, from space. Yeah,
0: he has like forearm firework rockets.
1: Uh, I love how Max Moon, to yes. demonstrate that he is futuristic... Yes. Gets in the ring and does so many somersaults.
0: Yeah, well, he does. It looks like he's just tumbling. Yeah. <laughs> he's like doing a tumbling routine at like, at like the local gymnastics uh, center. So much tumbling. He's so excited to tumble. Uh, Max Moon, of course, facing a jobber from Bounds, Minnesota named Jerry Fox.
1: <laughs> Jerry Fox has tights on with one black leg and one yellow and black Zubaz leg. Uh, my favorite part about uh,
0: his his uh, neon tiger print trunks is that he's paired them with little beige
1: elbow pads. <laughs> Vince, on commentary, tells us that President Jack Tunney has yes. recently made an edict that the officials in the WWF need to be more stringent when enforcing the rules.
0: Yeah, I, what is that coming from? Do, do you recall anything about this?
1: Well, I know that Sergeant Slaughter has recently... Uh, stopped wrestling full time, so nice they
0: country back.
1: So they put Sergeant Slaughter into this role, which you'll see over the course of the coming episodes, where he's kind of this enforcer of rules. Yes. So I'm assuming that this edict from Tunney is is just a way to get Slaughter's role over, Mike. That's okay, my guess. Good. Uh, yeah. Max, or sorry, Mister Perfect, speculates that Max Moon may be from another country due to his unorthodox style. And I wrote, <laughs> "Is he from the moon?" <laughs> Uh, he gives some sort of flipping fireman's carry for the win, and more somersaults to celebrate.
0: Uh, I did like the um, the uh, back uh, Enziguri into the corner, though. That was pretty sweet.
1: Uh, now we go to the event center with Sean Mooney.
0: We're, yes, Sean we're,
1: Mooney. We're gonna go to this event center many, many times. It's Sean Mooney. He's sitting in a. Uh, it's not even a studio, right? He's he's sitting at a table, and he's yeah. got like a tube television next to him that just says event center. <laughs> Yes. The the television doesn't like you think they'd want to be slick and when a promo gets cut they would like have the screen from the TV pop out, but no. No, no, no. He's just sitting in front of a TV that says event center. Yep. Uh Sean Mooney, very professional, like nothing nothing spectacular about him, but does a good job, right? Yep. Um yeah. so basically Sean Mooney is you know, will introduce, you know, the wrestlers and every one of these event centers we typically have two promos from wrestlers. Yep. Mm-hmm. In this particular edition, we have the Beverly bro- Brothers. Oh, God. Uh, in their promo, they call out the Bushwhackers and High Energy, but then they say they want the Disasters and the Belts, and I just think, just go to the champs. Like, <laughs> I loved how they wanted
0: High Energy. Uh,
1: we then hear Fantastic. from. We then hear from uh, Crush. Kona Crush. Now, he's. This is a fake accent that he's using. Like, you
0: know, Crush is legitimate Brian Adams is Legitimately from Hawaii
1: Yeah but he does not but Talk like this
0: He does not talk like this This is during his um, uh, He had uh, recently um, Left demolition uh, in, the, in, in I guess the year in the, in the last calendar year Around And when demolition Kind of broke up And he became a, a Good guy Who is from Hawaii well, And talks in a Ridiculous Hawaiian accent
1: So uh, Again always, As always Shout out to Brian Alvarez and yes. uh, Brian and Vinny show at Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, yes, he, they're they're reviewing superstars now from the beginning. Okay, and his comment that was so great is he's like a year ago, Crush and Repelman Man were in Demolition. Yeah, <laughs> and, but- and someone decided to give them these two gimmicks. Amazing. <laughs> like that's what happened. So yeah, crush yeah. he's like. Yeah, and so he says he's all happy-go-lucky, but in his promo, you see like, the yes. sinister side to him, where he's like, yes. I'm really happy and I'm enjoying myself, but if my opponent tries to cheat and stick a thumb in my eye, I'll get really mad.
0: <laughs> all I wrote about this was, shock bra. this accent is terrible.
1: <laughs> uh, match three, we get uh, High Energy. Yes, Owen Hart and Coco beware. Uh, they're taking on two jobbers by the name of Brian Jewell and Kenny Johnson. Yes. Uh, they, uh, high energy comes out to Owen's singles music. So good. Uh, they, they both got the
0: most ridiculous pants
1: of all time. They make particularly Owen look so fat. I know. Like the dudes in shape, but these pants make them look overweight. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: They're like big hammer pants and suspenders.
1: High energy with lots of clapping to get the crowd going.
0: Oh, God. I mean, this Coke we wear. It's all clapping. I mean, that's half the gimmick. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Bill Alfonso sighting as the referee. Uh,
1: I then uh, I basically say that uh, they they do a bunch of moves and uh, they win the match when uh, what's it? Owen hoists up one of the jobbers, kind of like uh, Anvil used to for the heart attack. Basically, and, yep. And Coco comes off the top rope with a missile drop kick and then Owen does like a flip over for the pin.
0: Yeah, the rolling cradle. He gives the rolling cradle. Um, I would. I also would like to say Brian Jewell, a tremendous stash and mullet. And also he has on his boots what appears to be paper bag boot covers. <laughs> I know this is supposed to be some kind of like cowboy deal, but they look like paper bags.
1: I love these jobbers so much. <laughs>
0: They're so good.
1: Vince says that... Uh, High energy's trunks are impressive, and Mister Perfect says they're the worst trunks ever, and I would agree with Mister Perfect.
0: Yeah, he says they're the worst trunks he's ever seen.
1: <laughs> McMahon. Uh, we go to match four. Nails. Oh my
0: god, nails uh, with a Z. Uh,
1: he is taking on Eric Freedom. Uh, yes. Tell everybody what what tell us about nails.
0: Uh, so nails had when did he debut? Early in the summer, I guess uh, of '92. He, he, the storyline was that uh, he was a prisoner who had been released from jail, who had been, uh, I don't know, was he arrested or was Bossman his prison
1: guard? Bossman was his but, prison guard.
0: Yeah, Bossman who is a, a uh, corrections officer from County, Georgia, so there you go. Which is weird because he often is played off as a police officer. Yes. But apparently he's really a corrections officer. There's a big distinction there. <laughs> that I think was never really addressed. <laughs> Cause if he's just a if he's just a, a corrections officer, like like what business did he have pretending to be a policeman? But anyway. Um so Nails uh, you know, was now coming to the WWF to get his revenge because he claimed that the bossman would beat him and torture him in prison.
1: So So I, yeah. have, I have a few comments about this. <laughs> yes. Okay, number one. Yeah. They never They never really deny that boss man used to shit kick nails in prison. No, they don't. Like at one point, so when Nails comes back, he delivers this like epic beating to the boss man, which we'll we'll talk Uh about. Yes. Where the boss man's actually out of action for a period of time because Nails beat him so brutally. Yes. And when the beating is happening and they show it, Vince at one point is like, well, even if the boss man beat him, this is still uncalled for. (laughs) So and also, like, the boss man came into the Federation as a heel, where yep. he would handcuff his opponents to the ring, the ring ropes and beat them. Yes. So it's kind of like, it's, it's plausible that he did beat on this prisoner.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, Dale's coming back into the world of wrestling, where you're allowed to beat up people without repercussion.
1: Yeah. Really? What Kind of a smart plan. And, you know, cops, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. then, my other thought about this is, okay... So nails was in prison. Yes, and he was released. Hmm. Yet he still insists on wearing his prison coveralls. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. He, he wouldn't wear tights or like civilian clothes. He Loro. loves he loves his coveralls so much. Like yes, he totally have to give those back. First of all, they're totally first like they're state issue. First not
0: walking out. With the number on the back of his
1: fucking uh, his fucking smock. Yeah, number two, he just he loves to wear them because he just yeah. can't stop being a prisoner. And number three, <laughs> how does he get into Canada?
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know, right? There you go. Good that's that's the best comment of the day.
1: Alright. Well so done. so then Nails gets in the ring, he throws his jobber over the top rope and asks for the mic right away. Yes. And he calls out the big boss man. Can you do an impression?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's essentially uh, boss. <laughs> man. Come on out here, boss. Man. So, and it's it's that's pretty much it.
1: So the, the and this is a this is an arc that's going to go on over the course of the next few episodes. But basically, the jobber tries to get back in the ring, and he gets kicked out again. Nails keeps calling out the boss man. Yes, boss man does not come out. There's no bell. There's no announcement to how the match ends. There's nothing. We just go to Mooney in the event center.
0: It's so weird. And uh, and remember, uh, in the crowd, we have already seen the boss man fight nails at the start of the night.
1: <laughs> so everyone's just confused. But they They're do... like,
0: he's not there. It's like, but he is. He's in the building.
1: But they do find shots of like little Winnipeg kids who would be our age now. Looking, yes. Uh, they they want to find them looking scared. Mostly they look confused. Yeah, people don't understand because they've seen the boss man already.
0: And he's calling him out and he's not coming out. So weird.
1: So uh, Sean Mooney is in the event center. We go to a Bushwhackers promo.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The Bushwhackers. Mary had a Little Lamb. Yes, and then they talk about all the kids going back to school. Drinking milk, learning, and being good. And they call their fans bushwhackeroos. Well, there you go. Then we get the Repo Man. Yes!
0: <laughs> or, is it Nautilus?
1: <laughs> repo Man talks about how he t- just took a car and drove away with it.
0: But it. Yeah, well, he's a Repo Man. That's what they do.
1: And then he says it's just like when he hides around the ring and his opponents are in big trouble. <laughs> but, of course, he says it in his goofy voice, which... I would assume it's it's very dorsal, right? Yeah. He must have loved doing this. Who wouldn't? He's like, I'm gonna get him! Hey! <laughs> say, <laughs> I'm gonna hide around the ring and I'm oh gonna get him!
0: <laughs> that would be such a fun gimmick mm-hmm. to play.
1: Uh, and that is the Repo Man. The uh, Repo
0: Man, of course, wears a bandit mask.
1: He does. Uh, we get match four. Oh my god. This is interesting. Lance Cassidy versus Tom Stone. If you don't know who either of these guys are, I totally understand, because Lance Cassidy is the featured star here who would have, like, he he couldn't have even had a month's worth of a run. Nope. Cup of coffee. (laughs) Uh, Cassidy is Steve Armstrong, who is uh, brother of the Road dog and and a member of the Armstrong family.
0: There you go. Tom Stone from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's about all I could find out about him.
1: Uh, they keep showing kids in the crowd, and none of them are wearing Jets gear, by the way. So many NBA hats, though.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, and, and Blue Jays. And uh, I saw one kid with a Blue Jays hat and a Lions starter jacket. That was great.
1: <laughs> uh, Cassidy uh, is uh, wearing black pants. It looks like there are guns imprinted on the ass. Yeah, uh, basically. Tom-, Tom Stone is short and fat. He's wearing an awful singlet. Uh, He looks like
0: he's about 50 years old He's probably about (laughs) 30 here
1: Uh, He goes to the top rope And Cassidy slams him off And this fucking jobber lands right on his head Yep (laughs) Uh, Cassidy wins with a Flying body press Vince says we'll be seeing more of Cassidy in the coming weeks We won't
0: (laughs) No we will not Uh, Cassidy uh, would stick around Doing dark matches And matches here and there for a few months And then he'd be gone he never was on a real show.
1: Uh, we then go to Sergeant Slaughter, who is in the uh, in the aisle watching the action. He's wearing a suit. Yes, uh, Gene O'Kearlan interviews him, and uh, Slaughter says he he's going to bring some Law and Order to the WWF because I I mean the Boss Man already does that. I thought, but
0: yeah, well, no, now he's been he's been taken out by nails. Uh,
1: so a forty three year old Bob Backlund is preparing oh, to is preparing to make a comeback to the World Wrestling Federation.
0: Former. Uh, uh WWF champion
1: uh, for, for six s- years, right? Six years. Uh he left the company after losing the belt and uh I guess went into construction and got out of the business largely. Yep. And now he's making a comeback at forty three. Uh they're treating him like he's an old grizzled veteran. Like like same old same age as
0: AJ Styles, I think, right now.
1: Uh like yeah, there, there are quite a few forty three year olds, right? Yes. Backlund does wonder how he's going to fare in the new WWF with all its flash and flamboyance. (laughs) This is so bad. Uh, We then go like this, like,
0: and you wonder why his why he flopped completely early on. I mean, this kind of stuff is why. Like, no one gave a shit. Uh,
1: We go to match five: Kamala versus Kevin Kruger. Yes. Uh, So, what we've established here, Kamala, of course, at the the previous this year's summer slam 1992 yeah. go back to the archives at mezzanine sleepover.com we yeah, reviewed that yeah. with uh mezzanine sleepover hall of Famer at disco stew 81
0: oh yes and we got some 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 great uh so a great perspective from stew on uh, from being in a, in attendance at Wembley that day
1: uh so kamala had taken on the undertaker at that event the undertaker had uh Risen like a zombie from Kamala's big moves, and now Kamala, who is a savage and doesn't understand how the world works, is scared of the Undertaker. Yes. Uh, so Harvey Whippleman introduces the fearless Kamala, and Vince is sure to remind us that Kamala is indeed scared of the Undertaker. Yes. Uh, the Undertaker then comes onto the big screen and tells Kamala to rest in peace, and Kamala is scared. The crowd goes nuts for the Undertaker because people, up at this point, so bored. Uh, The jobber nails Kamala from behind and Kamala no-sells it and then he beats up the jobber. Yes. Uh, Vince speculates that it must be difficult to handle Kamala to travel with him and to go to restaurants with him. (laughs) And I just thought they should have done a vignette of like Kamala going to Burger King.
0: Well, they did all those vignettes. Remember Invasion of the Body Slammers
1: where he's bowling? That's right. And he bowls a strike at the end. Of course he does. Uh, Kamala, Stra- this is pretty good. I like the gimmick where Kamala doesn't know how to pin the guy.
0: Yeah. Splashes him on his back. Yep. And then they, he doesn't know how to pin him.
1: So he, pin- he pins him while he's on his stomach. I love, though, how he hooks the leg all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, eventually gets the, the pinfall. Uh, and then Paul Bearer comes to the ring with the casket, and Kamala is scared and he scurries out through the crowd. And I thought, you know what? The Undertaker's such a fucking bully. Yeah, he absolutely is. Like, Kamala didn't do anything to this guy.
0: They had a match, and Kamala, you know, gave him lots of big moves in the match. And, uh, and now, he's, now he's stalking him.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Kamala didn't start this. They were booked in a match, and now The is all just bullying Kamala. He is. I feel absolutely. bad. Uh, match six. This must have been very exciting. Bret Hart versus Bill Jordan. Hart gets a
0: pretty big pop. It was pretty sizable. So well done, Brett.
1: Uh, he is uh, days away from a big milestone, which we're going to get to. Yes, we will. Uh, Bill Jordan is. is hairy. He's out of shape, and he's white as a sheet. Uh, Brett, <laughs> Brett 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 tries to get him up for the inverted atomic drop. He can barely go up for it. Brett must have been yep. frustrated with this guy.
0: Oh, I, I can't imagine. I always wondered, like, what is the like? What's it like backstage when you get paired up with a jobber? You're like okay, I'm gonna do some moves, and like, and like you, you've never wrestled them before, and he's just got to, You're kind of at the, at, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of how well the jobber can sell.
1: Uh, B- <laughs> Bret Hart keeps working this dork over and gives him all of his signature moves while like smiling yes. at the crowd. Brett, such a sexy smile. <laughs> like you could tell how this guy like lured in so many rats, right?
0: Oh my god, I, I mean, you know, so so over. So uh, with the ladies.
1: So this beating goes on a little bit too long. It's like, you don't need to do this many moves, Brett. Yeah. Finally slaps... Three minutes
0: and 25 seconds (laughs) is about the limit here in these matches.
1: Uh, Slaps a sharpshooter on and gets the win. Yeah. We go back to the event center. Yeah. Uh, Mooney introduces the model. Yes. He is doing a promo in a raincoat and umbrella... Yeah, he sure is. in the background, so they have these sketches in the background of different mm. things. In the model's case, it's all a sketch of him. Yep. Uh, he says that all fashion designers want him to model their clothes, uh-huh. but he's too focused on wrestling. Of course he is. Then we get a promo by the British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, uh, at this point, he's the IC champ. Yes, he is. He beat the... He beat Mr. Hitman. Uh, Mr. Hitman, and, and by the way, uh, we <laughs> I found a promo of him saying Mr. Hitman. So I don't know, uh, the, the
0: the guys on the Lapsed Fan, uh, one of the guys on on the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast was convinced that he said Mr. Hitman in a promo. You found it. I wonder if they have been hip to that.
1: Uh, maybe I'll have to send it to him. Mr. Hitman. <laughs> Mr. Hitman. Oh. Uh, the Bulldog says Look, that... <laughs> that says many wrestlers want a piece of the Bulldog, like the Mountie, Papa Shango, and Kamala. <laughs> well, uh, Bulldog
0: would fight uh, Kamala uh, during this taping for a match that aired on Primetime Wrestling. Uh,
1: we go back to Vince, and he teases what's going to happen on next week's show, and then we find Kamala backstage, and he's still scared, and the show ends. He's
0: very scared. Um, pretty, Pretty pedestrian show. Not a lot to it. They had the big uh, Survivor Series announcement. Uh, things are going to get a little more interesting, though, as we go along.
1: Uh, Superstars, October 17th, 1992, and we start off with something very, very big. Yeah, they open with an interview with Bret Hart
0: um, in in the arena in Saskatoon. Yes. Uh, from the same night that he won the WWF title from Ric Flair um, during a TV taping in, in Saskatoon. Um, they, they talk with Brett about winning the title and, uh, the crowd is of course there and they're, they're loving it because it it clearly just happened. Uh, Brett, you know, maybe not, not the best promo, but that dude fucking loved wrestling and you can tell.
1: Uh, he does mention that Stu, his father used to beat him up as a kid. So (laughs) that's amazing. That's great. (laughs) Like he gives that
0: credit to Ric Flair. He thanks Ric Flair, which I thought was a kind of a cool touch, which you, uh, you know, listen, this is a, a significant uh, era, uh, changing kind of an, of an era in WWF right here. And, um, you know, uh, which kind of moved them to the kind of next, uh, next part of, of their existence and, you know, into the kind of the next era, the next generation, so to uh-huh. speak. And, um, you know, I thought it was kind of cool. He did a little thanks to Ric Flair. It kind of showed, uh, you know, this is a different kind of, uh, of wrestler. That's going to lead the company. Not so. It's not as cartoony as 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 as, as it would have been in the past.
1: Uh, we cut to Vince and Perfect in Winnipeg. Yes, and Perfect is so unhappy about the title change. He claims that Ric Flair was sick before the match, and
0: all he can talk about is he can't believe it happened in Saskatoon.
1: No, he can't. And Vince just taunting Mr. Perfect throughout the show.
0: It's really, it's really good. Like this is a good
1: episode. Uh, Match one, Shawn Michaels versus Steve Gillespie Yes Uh, Shawn comes out with Sherry and his old music Where Sherry is singing Sexy Boy Yes Uh, This jobber is amazing, he's got a horrible singlet on He looks like he's about 140 pounds Like, he's so (laughs) much smaller than Shawn Michaels Who's not a big guy Who's not a big dude, no Uh, Shawn Michaels, arguably the best worker in the company Works the guy over quickly And then gives him a chin lock but then he grabs a
0: headlock. He brings Gillespie over the ropes and I'll taunt him into Sherry's mirror. That's, that's great. I mean, this guy's been a heel for like just under a year and so coming into his own. Uh,
1: the jobber makes a brief comeback, but then Sean hits him with a top rope clothesline and a super kick. And then he hits his goofy suplex thing, which would be his finisher for, you know, a year and a half or something until he made the yeah. super kick his finisher.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the, the teardrop suplex... Um, also, they tease Michael's getting a, a WWF title shot. Uh, wink, wink. That's to come.
1: Uh, so we go immediately to the next match.
0: Ooh. Before, before oh. though, what I what I haven't mentioned is on Superstars is following the match. They show the replays, and then what they do is they usually show the dude coming to the ring, uh, and then like we'll do a freeze frame, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this one is great. It's all. I, all I wrote was the freeze frame on Michaels' fucking mug. Yes. <laughs> so good. He's all got the fucking shit-eating grin. Amazing.
1: So we get Tatanka against Brian Jewell.
0: <coughs> Excuse me. That's uh, New Brunswick's finest, Brian Jewell. Uh,
1: Brian Jewell. Was he He wasn't in the previous episode. I believe he shows up again later, though.
0: He was. He was in the tag team. He was in the tag team match in the previous
1: episode. Yeah, they recycled, the... they recycled these jobbers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince and Perfect He's got different tights on though uh, good. And he got
0: rid of the boot covers
1: Vince and Perfect chastise Jewel For his lack of skill and tactics
0: <laughs> Perfect mentions psychology I believe
1: <laughs> Vince also plugs IcoPro uh, Yes Mr. Perfect calls to talk a buffalo breath
0: Yes he does I gotta say Jewel Rocking the bucks at one point <laughs> That uh, was impressive
1: uh, Vince makes reference again to the mere, a more stringent officiating and suggests that this is why Brett won the title, because we have better officials.
0: Well, you know, uh, they, they didn't allow Perfect to cheat during that match. I would like to say, uh, if you get a chance to go watch the uh, Bret Hart-Rick Flair match from Saskatoon, uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, uh, if only for Ric Flair yelling at a fan, why don't you shut your mouth, little man?
1: And you can find it on the network in their uh, Coliseum video section under the title Smack'em, Whack'em. Yeah,
0: go watch it. It's, it's not a great match, but it's like a pivotal point for WWF. Um, they, uh, they continue to talk about, like you said, the clamping down on the officiating. Tonks goes to the top rope, and uh, that's where you spot the, uh, the real... Uh, Bobby Hull and Avco Cup banners.
1: Ah, nice—the the
0: real ones uh,
1: from he hit, the real Jets. Also, after he comes off the top rope with his chop, uh, Mister yes. Perfect calls him a sneaky Indian.
0: <laughs> so bad.
1: Uh, Tatanka wins the match with his to go—a away slam.
0: Though it wouldn't be called that until Bobby Heenan uh, would would dub it that uh, in
1: in a little while after this. Uh, Alfred Hayes gives us an update from the control center. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He congratulates Brett on winning the world title. We then go to a promo by the Ultimate Maniacs, who both, Macho Man and Ultimate yeah. Warrior, congratulate Brett on his title win.
0: Well, first of all, Lord Alfred Hawk's the Rampage 92 video cassette, which is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, the ultimate Maniac- ultimate maniacs congratulate Hart, then the Warrior calls his own sunglasses the shades of maniacism. <laughs> Because he's got these shades on that say Maniacs. And of course, you know, like Machos, I believe. Oh, his say Ultimate, and Machos say Maniacs.
1: Because he
0: got these custom shades, and Warrior's
1: so proud of his shades. Uh, we then hear from Flair, Ramon, and Perfect. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Flair says that Hart has fueled the fire between them and Warrior and Savage, which doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, he, they're saying he's so upset that he's going to take it out on 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 Macho and, and the Warrior. And Ramon... But it does kind of be like, didn't you guys already hate each other? Uh, what I do like is that Flair says, Bret Hart, you're getting my stroke, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
1: Uh, Ramon also says that uh, they're going to take out their frustration on the Maniacs. You know what? Good for Scott Hall getting this main event pushed like months after joining the company. Yeah. Yeah, like, and he did a good job. Uh, match three, we get Big Boss Man versus Barry Horowitz. Now, now here's a jobber
0: that, that does get to have a little bit of personality,
1: uh, Hor- and a little bit of offense. Horowitz is a regular jobber. He would eventually get a small push. He, uh, his, he's big, like a
0: touring jobber. Yeah, he tours
1: along with them. His big claim to fame is that he gives himself pats on his own back, <laughs> and later he would he's, come out to have an Aguila. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he would get a uh, a a, a pay-per-view win over Skip in 1995.
1: Uh, the boss man catches Horowitz with a few fists and gets the upper hand, and then they have an insert promo. So while matches are going on sometimes, they'll have a promo being cut there as well, especially when the yes. match kind of sucks. Yes. Uh, it's a promo of the boss man cutting a promo while he's doing his match. Yeah, he says, I love it. He says that he's coming after nails, and that he's happy that Slaughter is enforcing the rules. All right. He then gives. They're real heavy-handed
0: in these episodes about Slaughter.
1: Uh, Bossman gives uh, Bossman slam to Horowitz for the win. Yes. Then he handcuffs Horowitz to the ropes for some reason, and then yeah, he, weird. and then he doesn't hit him or anything. He just runs down the aisle really fast and watches a replay of himself getting the win on the screen. I mean, again, overzealous cop. <laughs> Just a little too excited. I love it. Uh, They cut to Vince and Perfect, and Vince keeps talking about Brett winning, so Perfect knocks the headset off of Vince's head in anger.
0: It's so great. (laughs) It's so good, because, of course, for those who don't know, Mr. Perfect is the executive consultant of one Ric Flair.
1: Uh, We go to the event center with Sean Mooney. He goes to a (laughs) promo by the Nasty Boys, who say... So much
0: cackling.
1: They have nasty-sized all the tag teams, and they're coming after the Natural Disasters. Uh,
0: the, the underlying storyline in the here is that Jimmy Hart manages not only the Nasty Boys, but Money Incorporated, both who are vying for the tag team titles held by the Natural Disasters.
1: Who Jimmy Hart uh, used to By the way, the Nasty
0: manage. Boys by Survivor Series will be face. Will, will have turned face.
1: Uh, Harvey Whippleman and uh, oh, is next, God. and he claims that Kamala isn't really afraid of The Undertaker, and Kamala, as you heard in the intro to the show, moans and acts like an animal. It's just terrible. Uh, match four, British Bulldog versus Jim Peterson. How excited were you to see your hero, the British Pitbull?
0: Well, I, uh, I brought the Union Jack with me. I was waving it proudly. Um, uh, during, during the match that aired on primetime, uh, Davy Boy Smith, on his way to the ring, did give me thumbs up nice. when he saw the Union Jack. Now, I, I will, hopefully they'll upload Primetime Wrestling 1992 so that I can corroborate that. He did not give me thumbs up during this one, though I was very excited to see Davy Boy Smith.
1: Uh, Jim Peterson, unlike some of the other jobbers, is actually kind of in shape. Yes. Uh, he looks somewhat impressive, but he is still a jobber. Yes. Uh, Bulldog gets uh, some hip tosses and slams. Uh, we get another chin lock, and arm lock, and uh, Vince is still teasing Mr. Perfect about Ric Flair.
0: Perfect is still ranting about
1: Saskatoon. <laughs> so good. Uh, Davey Boy gives Peterson his slam, and the ring doesn't give it all. No! It is stiff. <laughs> Poor fucking dude. Oh. Uh, and uh, Davey gets the pin. We then go quickly to another segment on Bob Backlund. Knob Nackland. They play '80s saxophone music just to show how old and dated this guy is. So boring. Uh, They show him working construction jobs. It's just like this is this is supposed to get the guy over. Like how how are people supposed to be excited about this guy? Like, um, and I'm sitting there wondering, is it a rib? I, I, I it has to be. Yeah. Uh, We go to the Survivor Series report. Gene Okerlund. Oh, we got new matches. Well, Okerlund is very excited because we're going to see a coffin match. Coffin match. Now, the rules of a coffin match are simple. You throw your opponent between the space where the bed and the wall are in the hotel room and throw the mattress on him.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's a real coffin match. (laughs) Uh, This, of course, would be a casket match. No, it's a coffin uh, match. Well, that's what they call it for a bit, and then they change to call it a casket match. But put you in the coffin is the real...
1: So, unlike casket matches, which would come later, where they would yes. put you in this... Oh, like
0: it's different. That's right.
1: Yeah, okay. this is a coffin Sorry. match. It's That's a wood right. coffin, and when yes. you're put in it, you have to nail the co- Like You have to have hammer and nails.
0: That's right. That's right. So, uh, you're right. It is a coffin match. It's, it's the second best kind of coffin match.
1: Yeah. Uh, then they announce that the Disasters and the Bushwhackers are going to be facing Money Incorporated and the Beverly Brothers, and we get a promo... From the baby faces, which is full of grunting, yelling, and a big yay in the end.
0: <laughs> Again, the nasty boys would end up taking the whackers place. So they, they get a promo in here, but they're not making it to the Survivor Series.
1: Uh, match five, we have Money Incorporated versus Jim Powers and Bobby Saint Laurent. So
0: AKA Winnipeg legend, beautiful Bobby J.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> A photo of the disasters is shown on the video screen yeah, with them holding
0: ac- their titles.
1: As money comes out and uh, the the uh money ache is not money pleased. They sell
0: it. They sell it. They get mad and upset.
1: IRS cuts a promo not acknowledging that he's in Canada but he does say in the United States.
0: Yeah, so he it's geared towards the US audience, but he has to say in the United States so that the fans understand in the, in the building.
1: There is a presidential election coming up, and he is going to vote for the candidate who will raise taxes the most. Amazing. Jim Powers gets a quick advantage. So, in this case, Powers was always, Powers had this run. Yes. um, In a tag team called the Young Stallions. Yep. And they had a little bit of success. And he also had a little bit of single success But he yep. was essentially this guy Who would be on the job or tag team So what would happen is Powers would start the match Yep. He would actually get a little bit of the advantage yep. But then he would tag his jerk-off partner Who would lose <laughs> yep. So that's what he does In this uh, case
0: Bobby J yep. um, yeah. If you recall any, any Winnipeg wrestling fans out there um, what was his, uh, what were they, Models Inc., him in and Bugsy Slug? Oh, God.
1: I... <laughs> models Incorporated. Um, Money Inc. starts to work over the this jobber. Uh, Dibiase with a nice power slam and RS hits the uh, clothesline for the win.
0: Yeah, Vince calls it a necktie.
1: Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> Mr. Perfect during the match talks about quick tags. <laughs>
1: uh brett uh or vince again congratulates brett and perfect again says saskatoon in disgust yes he does uh event center we get a promo <clears throat> from high energy the
0: gr- the logo behind them is tremendous looks like it was drawn by a teenager
1: <laughs> owen tells coco that their fans give them the energy they need to get to the top yes coco says that they need to work dig and hustle and owen says they will always give 100 percent. they do not call out any opponents no, they do not. It is a classic
0: high-energy promo.
1: Shawn Michaels then tells us that it isn't easy being the sexiest man alive.
0: He calls himself the greatest-looking dude in the World Wrestling Federation.
1: <laughs> and he coins himself the Heartbreak Kid in this promo. He does. Uh, he also calls the British Bulldog a Bow Wow.
0: And, he's, and then he says that he's going to be
1: the IC champ. Yes. Fucking great. <laughs> Uh, Vince uh, then we go back to Vince he tells us what's happening on next week's show as always and show ends
0: uh, much better show than the first one
1: <laughs> it sure is and now we go to the third show October 24th 1992 yes we start hey, off again Winnipeg,
0: as, as the other two were <laughs>
1: uh we start off again though with me and gene in another arena probably in saskatoon
0: yeah it's it's saskatoon on October 12th. Uh, so they can keep the storyline current
1: So he is going to do uh, He introduces the Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior Who come out uh, They are wearing the shades And as before you said um, Macho says Ultimate And the Warrior says Maniacs and the Is that Warrior, what it says
0: or is it the other way around?
1: Uh, Warrior says Maniacs Why? I don't know
0: It should be the other way around
1: uh, The Warrior could not look like more of a fucking geek In these shades the Macho Man it works, but for the Warrior, no.
0: No, not at all.
1: Macho Man's got a
0: little uh, a little white knee brace on, a little white knee pad for his bad wheel.
1: Uh, Macho Man recites some sort of poem about their match with Flair and Ramon. Yes. Ultimate Warrior says that he has visions through the shades that Macho Man gave him.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: And then he does Christ. his usual incomprehensible nonsense.
0: It's terrible. Uh, spoiler alert to everybody The Warrior will not make it to the Survivor Series He will be fired Mr. Perfect will take his place In a shocking twist
1: <laughs> uh, McMahon and Perfect then welcome us to Superstars Green screened once again Pretending to be in Winnipeg
0: They are not, yes
1: uh, We get to match one Kona Crush, Kona Crush! Yes. Versus Yes. Against Ken Johnson Yes uh, Crush's outfit is even worse than the, than the Jobber's
0: Oh, and his mullet is like out of control
1: He's wearing purple tights and a long, a Yellow top and yellow Boots uh, just, Johnson just shakes hands with Crush And then cheap shots him And of course, this makes Crush So angry
0: Yeah, uh, Vince, uh, according to Vince Crush has the agility of a gazelle <laughs>
1: <laughs> Uh, uh, there's a backbreaker, press slam, leg drop. Crush cuts an inset promo with his awful fake accent. He he just talks about the Survivor Series main event. He doesn't even talk
0: about himself. <laughs> he talks about how great Macho Warrior against Ramon uh, Flair is going to be.
1: And then he went, uh, oh.
0: he does a nice leg drop. Uh, also here, Mr. Perfect calls Vince a dork. <laughs> He's so right. <laughs>
1: uh, crush wins with his crush.
0: Yes, yeah, what is he he uses his hands to crush the uh, opponent's head.
1: And of course, he's so
0: strong. In and our, he can crush pineapples.
1: In our backyard wrestling federation, we had a wrestler with a similar move. His name was Squeeze. Squeeze, yes. Uh, match 2, we get the Natural Disasters against Bill Jordan and Tom Stone making a repeat Tom appearance. Tom Stone's back, yeah, and Bill Jordan as well. Both are back. Uh, McMahon says, that the disasters will take on the number one contenders, but they have to know who they are. Oh, so, so we have this story long, or this this uh, the this storyline that goes throughout this uh, show, yes. where they're wondering: Is it going to be the Nasty Boys or is it going to be Money Incorporated who are going to challenge them for the titles? Yeah,
0: yeah. In the end, it would be Money Inc. Uh, Money Inc. would win the titles, and, and it would be one of those situations where they would win it. At one taping later, yep. and they would pretend they were the champs at another taping. It was all just weird and convoluted.
1: Uh, Quake hits a dropkick on the Jobber. And you know, the Disasters are so fucking fat. Yeah, but I wrote here that Stu's the Stu's jo- dad would be so excited. He would be, but I also wrote that the Jobbers may actually be in worse shape than the Disasters. Well, no, they
0: absolutely are. I mean, they are in worse shape.
1: The Disasters,
0: uh, you know, are, are working. These guys are like nothing They're just sandbags
1: Uh, Can you describe this spot where Typhoon Holds both jobbers in the corner And then he stands and presses them Into the corner and then Earthquake Gives a splash except It's like the least of a splash ever (sighs) Not Like he runs across the ring And instead of like running Directly into them he all just kind of hops Up on like almost like he's gonna like Leapfrog uh, Typhoon But he doesn't And that's supposed to be like a big menacing
0: Yeah, it was kind of weird
1: They uh, Eventually get the, uh, you know Each one does their splash, there's the Earthquake, they win the match It's nothing, yeah Event center with Sean Mooney, we only have one Promo, it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan He tells us to go out and vote for the next President
0: (sighs) Fuck Jim Duggan
1: Match three, Nails is back He's gonna take on Scott Severin I think is the guy's name Scott Zappa. Scott Zappa? I didn't know that.
0: Scott Zappa? Maybe I'm wrong.
1: I have I, no they idea. They have a Chiron for him. I have no idea.
0: No, I think it was... It, I, I took a look at the at the, uh, at the the uh, notes from the results, and it said Scott Zappa. Okay. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong.
1: Nails throws a jobber out of the ring. <sighs> boss burn. Yeah,
0: calls out the boss, man, but this was fucking great live.
1: Yeah, so he's calling...
0: Outcomes? The Undertaker's dong. I mean, The Undertaker.
1: <laughs> so they say he's, he's calling out. So in the arena, I guess you just kind of waited until the, the Undertaker came out, right? Um, I seem
0: to recall, like, I used to, I, in my mind, I remembered this being like, he did it four times. He didn't. He did it twice. But anyway.
1: On the show, what happens is Nails is calling out the boss man. And Vince says, Undertaker is coming out for his match next after commercial. Yeah. So Nails it, better get yeah. out of there.
0: Yeah, uh, that, in the arena, we had no idea. It was fucking great.
1: Yeah. So. The Undertaker
0: comes out and people go nuts. So here's the first thing
1: <laughs> Nails' match technically hasn't ended yet and they just start the next match.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a little creative freedom there.
1: Yeah. So Taker comes to the ring. He walks up to Nails. Nails is wielding the Night Stick. Taker is not scared because he's a zombie. Uh, yes. Nails is drooling. It's disgusting. They have a stare-down. Slaughter comes down to the ring. Yep. To ultimately do nothing. Nope. Yeah. Just
0: restore order, in quotation marks.
1: But he doesn't. He then leaves the Well, he stands there as nails keeps staring down the taker and drooling even more.
0: Yeah. The um, the stare-down, kind of, you know, for ending up going nowhere, was fairly iconic enough that they put it on the cover of WWF magazine.
1: Uh, McMahon says that eventually Taker against Nails would make for a great match. I disagree.
0: It would be terrible. Nails would be fired very soon after Survivor Series.
1: For legitimately beating up Vince McMahon.
0: Yeah, menacing him or doing god who knows what. Then he would then he would sue Vince McMahon for sexual harassment.
1: <laughs> so great. You know what? Probably happened.
0: Probably happened. Uh, a, let me see you, Peter. Uh. <laughs> Take those coveralls off and let's see your sexy (laughs) body.
1: Uh, Match four: Undertaker versus Jason Helton Yes. This little jobber scurries over and nails Taker from behind. He gets a choke slam and a tombstone and loses. Taker doesn't even take his duster off. No. Then they put him in a body bag and Taker stomps him in a fucking body bag and then stomps him like a heel. I know it's so weird. Uh, we go to the event center again, and we get replays of the same promos from two weeks ago from the Beverly Brothers and the Bushwhackers.
0: Yeah, Bushwhackers doing Mary Had a Little Lamb again.
1: Yes. I love how now, again, the kids are back to school, but we're already in late late October. I know. Uh, we come back to Vince and Perfect, and they interview the Nasty Boys. Yep. And uh, the Nasty Boys confirm that they are the number one contenders, and they thank Jimmy Hart.
0: They are not. But anyway.
1: Match five, we get the model versus Butch Banks. Yes. The model comes out in his raincoat hat and umbrella. (laughs) So good. Vince starts to tease. He does look dapper.
0: I'm going to give him that.
1: (laughs) Vince starts to tease Perfect about Flair losing the title in Saskatoon again. Yes. Uh, The model walks over to the jobber with a series of, or works over the jobber with a series of holds and maneuvers. It's super boring. Ugh. I mean it's the model. Come on. Vince suggests the model built his physique using IcoPro. Oh my god. IcoPro is this like supplement that they were pushing at the time, right?
0: Oh yeah. I mean the show before they're talking about the genius behind IcoPro and perfects like they're trying to sell it. And you're like the dude knows. <laughs> uh,
1: the model gets the win with the Boston Crab. Uh, they have shots of so many kids giving him the thumbs down. Oh well, yeah, of course. Thumbs down to you, model. Uh, Survivor Series report with me and Gene. The tag match is being billed as the main event, even though Brett is the champ. I'll bet you that Brett is already so irritated.
0: Oh, of course he is.
1: He's like they're burying. I'm me. sure.
0: I'm sure if we if we pulled out his book, there'd be something about that. Um, Razor with the great line. You think some knee pads and some sunglasses going to protect you?
1: Awesome. <laughs> also, Flair calls Ramon Machismo. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Okerlund gives us the news That will blow our socks off Yes The Bulldog is being challenged by the Mountie For the IC title You know and that match never happened But what the fuck uh, The Mountie The Bulldog says that the only shock that will happen in the match Is the one going up the Mountie's spine When he gets power slammed <laughs> I thought At
0: first I was I thought Is he going to say a shock up his
1: ass <laughs> I thought so too uh, Hart versus Michaels For the so world title is also announced And they both cut dull promos
0: I thought Michaels wasn't bad Okay I thought it wasn't bad, Brett's was pretty bad Um, Brett, it's weird, Brett alludes to the fact That the match was already signed Before he won the title
1: Okay, sure he,
0: Like, if you listen to it, it's like He alludes to the fact that the match was signed But now it's for the title, and I'm like This is the first we're hearing about it Oh, good, um
1: Good for them. Uh, Of course,
0: the British Bulldog Mountie match would not happen.
1: No, the Bulldog Bulldog would would...
0: lose the title on Saturday Night's main event in November to uh, to Shawn Michaels, Mm -hmm. making uh, it uh, Shawn Michaels going against Bret Hart, not title for title, but uh, but still a uh, world champ against IC
1: champ, uh, and a tremendous match. And go watch it. Uh, We then go to match six: Papa Shango versus Victor Reed. Uh, this jobber is short, out of shape, white as a sheet again, balding <laughs> mullet, wearing a one-strap red singlet. Oh my God. Uh, Shango, who is a voodoo master. That's what I wrote. It's voodoo master. <laughs> uh, beats on the jobber with a few moves, gives him a shoulder breaker for the win, and then shoots <clears throat> fireworks out of his little staff.
0: Yes, uh, that is a reverse shoulder breaker, by the way.
1: Oh, pardon Get me. Get it right. Get it right. Uh, we go to the event center. Oh, uh, like a Skinner promo. He says it's hunting season where you can hunt deer, bears, birds, and gators, but it's his time to hunt champions.
0: <laughs> well, first though, he says he apparently he says he's a he's been the champion alligator hunter in the Everglades since he was seven.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah, now he's going to hunt champions, and then he cackles into the camera.
1: Uh, Tatanka comes up next. He says he wants to thank the chiefs for their wisdom and all yes. the fans for their support, he says that he will always visit the little kids, and he will go to the reservations to meet the fans. I'm going to bet that he didn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, to Tonks. Uh, we then are told that on next week's episode, we're going to get the debut of Yokozuna. Nice. And we're going to get a tag title match, but then uh, the disasters say that the Nasty Boys will not nasticize anyone, but Jimmy Hart comes on, and says the disasters will actually take on Money Incorporated And Vince is surprised by this turn of events And the show ends
0: Yeah, and so yeah, that would per- precipitate The, um, the, uh, the uh, Nasty
1: Boy's turning face And uh, that's Superstars
0: Yeah, uh, you know, a fun little run of three shows uh, I highly recommend watching them It's not the quality isn't great but there's some, there's some gold in there.
1: I mean, it's all it's pretty much the same formula. Again, it's just a big advertisement for pay-per-views and for yep. house shows. But there's news that happens. You get the Bret Hart title win during this stretch. And uh, the promos are always amusing. And the thing is, the best thing about this is if, if a segment is not catching your interest, it's like three minutes long.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know what I highly recommend is Vince and Mr. Perfect. Highly underrated commentary team.
1: Uh, so that's it next week uh, we're going to talk about what are about, doing next week big man uh, in 1986 the WWF ran a, an enormous house show in Toronto Canada uh, yes. during the uh, CNE called the big event uh, oh. it was put on it was not on pay per view but it was put on video cassette we, we have a copy of it from the network it's a bad show but we are going to talk about it yes we are uh, this, this is a, a running theme on this show Exactly. So, uh, until next week. Thanks for listening. Yep. I am Slip with Five Eyes or Slip.
0: I'm at megamix.com. We'll see you in a week with the big event.
1: Ready? Good night. Go-go. Go-go.